welcome back to another episode of She Speak HR today. So you've got Amy L here today hosting the episode and I'm joined again by um, Pavan Samal who is a senior associate in our immigration team. So welcome back Pavan, how are you? I'm good thanks Amy, thanks for having me, how are you? Yeah, good. Thank you. No, it's nice to have you back. Um, so we're going to do an immigration episode today, as, as our listeners may have guessed, um, with Pavan appearing again. Um, so we're thinking today is going to be kind of a quick fire immigration Q&A type episode. And we're going to talk about um, the government's recent announcement to increase immigration and nationality fees. Um, so I guess, Pavan, let's kind of get get straight to it do you want to tell us about what will happen to the fees should we start with the immigration health surcharge yeah sure so um first of all we don't know when any of this is going to happen which is frustrating so it kind of restricts how um how much planning people can do um but basically the immigration health surcharge is going to be hiked um by about 66 percent um so at the moment it's 624 pounds per person per year of visa that is being applied for um and that's going to go up to 1035 pounds per year so um i was for really um and there, there is a discounted rate um, for students and under 18s by students i mean people applying for student visas um so at the moment that's 470 pounds per year and that's going to go up by uh, up to 776 pounds um so kind of the government's rationale behind this is that the increase will help to fund um, the pay rise that doctors have been promised um, and they have said that um, anyone who's applying for a health and care worker visa will still be exempt from having to pay the surcharge um, but they, they also said that you know that that the IHS rates have been frozen for the past three years despite high inflation and obvious wider pressures facing the economy um, and they're hoping that the planned increase will make sure that the surcharge covers the full healthcare costs of anyone who's having to pay for it. Thanks, Pavan. And as you say, it's quite it is quite an eye-watering um, increase actually and and will have a big impact, I imagine. Obviously you talk about the um uh, health surcharge sort of being frozen for the past three years. It sounds like it's obviously been around for a while. Do you know when it was first introduced? So it was brought back, brought in back in 2015 and at the time it was only £200 per year in visa. So um, by the time this increase comes in, it'll have um, increased by just over five times. Um, it has gone up in stages. So the first increase was in January 2019, um, at which point they doubled it to £400 per year of visa and the, the reduced rate was £300 at that point. Um, and then in October 2020, they brought it up to the current level of £624 per year. Um, so yeah, total of a five-time increase in the last eight years, which is quite significant. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I suppose it's it's sort of yet to be seen whether this is going to be a yearly thing from now. Obviously, if they've not sort of um, increased it for the past couple of years, they're now doing this quite a quite a significant hike. It's whether that's going to continue, I guess, as as the years go on. I suppose mo- moving on slightly, what about application fees for visas? Are they going to increase as well? They will. So we don't have exact figures for this yet, um, but the government did ind- indicate kind of what percentage of an increase we can expect to see. So what they said is that for work visas and visit visas, that um, they'll increase by 15%. So if a standard six-month visit visa is £100 at the moment, so you're talking up to £115, which 
for that is not too bad. But then when you look at, you know, visas that cost six, seven hundred pounds and you're paying for families, it, it does add up. Um, and then for study visas, um, settlement, citizenship um, and wider entry clearance and other leaves to remain um applications are talking about a 20% increase so you're already um, into the thousands for some of these applications so 20% is is quite big um, and it's just um, maybe worth pointing out here as well certificates of sponsorship have been um, for a skilled worker COS £199 for a while um, I don't remember if that has ever been increased so it's interesting that they've taken the decision to um, put an uplift on that as well um, they've not mentioned if there's going to be an increase to the immigration skills charge um, so that's the charge that's effectively like a tax on employers mm-hmm. recruiting overseas workers and for a large organisation that's a thousand pounds per year of sponsorship and it's all paid in advance um, so it'll be interesting to see if they have decided um, to increase that as well yeah, no, definitely. Um, and yeah, it's interesting that they've not um, mentioned about the the skills charge because that, as you say, is quite a high payment for large organisations already. And actually, it's one that can't be passed on to the um, the applicant um, in any event. So employers have to bear that that cost yeah. themselves. But I suppose it's kind of watch this space because whilst they haven't said it, they may very much um, introduce an uplift. We'll have to exactly. wait and see. I suppose, do we know kind of why the government's decided to introduce um, these increases now? So what they're saying is that the increases uh, will cover the cost of the migration and border system and allow more funding to be put towards police forces. So that's the, um, the rationale behind it. Okay, I suppose that's quite interesting. I mean, do you think that will have a positive or, or negative effect on migration in the UK? I think it's definitely going to make things more difficult in terms of individuals who'll be paying for their own applications or think of bringing family. It, it might delay a lot of people having to apply if they're going to have to, you know, um, find extra money that they hadn't been budgeting for. And certainly employers um, will need to consider what their view is on sponsorship and how much they contribute towards visa fees for sponsored workers. Um, and actually, um, Peter Grant, who's an MP and a member of the SNP, he highlighted that one of the biggest challenges at the moment is that's facing the economy, sorry, is, is um, a shortage of workers. So if you're charging people who are coming to the UK to fill vacancies that we can't fill otherwise, um, and you're charging them such a high amount, then we're probably going to struggle to fill all of these roles and the UK it is going to be less attractive for a lot of people when they're thinking of, you know, moving somewhere or migrating. Yeah, no, definitely. And I, and I agree with that. And I think, as you, you just mentioned, then it's going to probably impact, I imagine, employers as well. Do you, do you think they're going to notice a bit of a change um, following the increases? Oh, I think there there will be, and I think um, I think a lot of individuals who may previously have been happy to pick up their own visa fees might um, might be pushing out more for employers to um, to meet the cost of that for them. Um, so they're not employers aren't required to pay visa applications and immigration health surcharge for workers that they sponsor, but a lot of them do offer this as an incentive and part of the overall employment package. Um, and they, some employers might have to reconsider that now, especially if they are sponsoring a lot of people. Um, they might be priced out. Um, one kind of option available to employers, that, and quite a few employers that, that we know of, um, 
look to implement is a clawback agreement. So this means that if a sponsored worker leaves earlier than the, the working date on their, their certificate of sponsorship, um, they they will have to repay the visa fees to the employer. And typically that will be um, the amount repayable will decrease with length of service. Um, maybe more employers will look to do something like that. Um, but yeah, I think it will definitely have an impact on employers and, and workers. Yeah, definitely. And I think just picking up on the the clawback thing, like you say, we are seeing a lot of our employer clients um, seeking to put those types of agreements and provisions in place now. Um, And I suppose that has an employment kind of element to it as well as an immigration element. So if as an employer, you are thinking about putting a clawback agreement in place, it's so important that you kind of consider um, the kind of repayment terms, making sure it's tailored appropriately to each employee, because what might be reasonable for one employee in one situation might be found to not be reasonable for another and they can be quite scrutinized um, by the courts if they if the employee ever challenges them um, so it is important that if you are thinking about putting those together that you do it carefully and, and obviously seek advice from us as you as you need to and I think as well sort of we, we've spoken about recently how with the clawback arrangements in place and then I suppose particularly for sponsored workers they might almost feel trapped maybe if their employer promises to we'll pay all your visa fees but you've got to promise that you're not going to leave within a certain period of time it, it might be for whatever reason that employee feels like they want to leave or they need to leave and they feel trapped because simply if they leave they're not going to be able to afford to pay all these fees back to the employer and it might be that we're seeing some situations where an employee will leave um, an employer where they have a clawback arrangement in place and their new um, employer that they've gone to apply for a new job for will actually almost pay off or settle that um, money under the clawback. So you could almost have this circle of or kind of process happening where um, people are putting clawbacks in place, but actually they don't matter that much because the next employer will just pay it off to get the person so i think we might see more of that and see that develop a bit more yeah i agree that's definitely something to look out for Um, it'll be interesting to see how this sort of all unfolds over the next couple of years yeah no definitely um and i i think um it's just employers just need to kind of be and obviously the reason we're doing this podcast be aware of the increases be aware of the impact it could have when they're offering jobs in particular to sponsored workers especially if they don't pay for visa fees now and they put it on the individual just have a think about these things moving forward i suppose just to bring today to to a close pavan what would your advice be for employers in light of the uh, increase announcement So because we don't know when the increases are going to take effect and we don't know how much notice we will be given, um, try and get any applications in um, as soon as possible so that you are um, not having to pay the higher fees. Obviously, you'll have to have a look at things like, um, you know, residence periods, making sure you're not leaving the individual short. Um, But it is definitely worth exploring if you're able to apply sooner rather than later. Uh, We would definitely recommend doing that. Um, And then looking forward, definitely have a look at your recruitment needs. do you con- do you continue with your existing recruitment, um, and do you have the, the capacity to increase your budget for um, visa fees and things, sponsorship, or do you um, do you need to revisit? Do you need to um, think about alternative options um, or reducing sponsorship? Um, you know, the the Home Office did kind of relax the sponsorship system somewhat and 
in light of in light of Brexit. Um, but these fees perhaps a step backwards somehow, making things a bit more difficult again, you know, in a slightly different way. Um, it's all part of the government's um, drive to to raise money and reduce migration figures, but um, it's definitely something that employers need to be mindful of um, and plan accordingly, both in terms of um, budgeting and recruitment drives. Yeah, no, I'd absolutely agree with that. And I think anybody listening today, if kind of you are thinking that you just want to, to have a chat about these increases, maybe talk to us about um, kind of just planning really for the future in terms of your recruitment and your sponsored workers, please do not hesitate to get in touch um, either directly with myself or Pavan. And you can also, as usual, email any comments or questions to shespeakhr at shesmith.com and we, we can pick it up from there. Um, but I think I think that probably brings it to a nice close today so thank you very much Pavin for joining me again thanks for having me Amy that's all right no problem and yeah if anyone's got any comments or or questions email us in the usual way Um, and we'll see you next time for the next episode thanks all thanks bye